Harley Davidson. What an iconic brand. I don't know who or what age person wouldn't recognize that logo uh, or anything to do with Harley Davidson. 100% Harleys this episode. Welcome to the 40 Proof Podcast, episode 5. So I'm super excited uh, to bring this one to you. I'm in a lot better mood this time. I'm kind of, I'm going to apologize for episode four. Uh, I felt the necessity to record that in a very prompt matter uh, to address the episode three, the six minute um, episode three. I felt like there needed to be an explanation for that. So I kind of rushed forward there. I was very tired when I recorded it. It didn't have very much energy. So if you made it through it, it had some good information in it and stuff, but for the most part, it was kind of blah. We're going to try to not do that in the future. (laughs) So much more fired up this time. Uh, Like I said, Harley's 100%. Uh, Been wanting to talk about this for a little bit, so we're going to get it done. I guess really to start my history or experience with Harley Davidson when I was in junior high one of our coaches Bubba Statsny uh, he was the coach at the time he had a he had a bike and I'm going to be honest I don't really remember what it was it could have been a Dyna or a Softail standard um, but it could have been a Sportster too I just remember seeing it I know it was belt drive which probably most of them were at that time i'm gonna guess that to be around 90 or 91 probably or something like that uh anyway i just remember him he's really like the first influencer in that you know he was cool he was the cool coach uh he would come riding up before practice on it you know iconic harley sound and it's the first time i really remember seeing a harley or knowing anybody that had one know Uh, and then moving on obviously the bar and shield was everywhere i mean from rock and roll videos girls posing in pictures with them you know molly i was into molly crew hair bands and stuff they were always cruising them in their videos and uh you know, all the rock and roll dudes had a Harley shirt on. A lot of the band pictures, there was some kind of Harley something in the background or somewhere. Tattoos, album covers, stuff like that. So you just kind of, you know, see the Harley trademark. So, and you know, I was going to be a rock star. So uh, whatever the rock, whatever the rock guys were wearing or doing, that's what I, I probably had a couple Harley t-shirts. Um, and you used to just see the shirts. You know, it used to be a thing to go to the Harley Davidson's in each town and buy a shirt. That was a thing. You went to a town, if there was a Harley dealership, especially the cool towns, and you got a shirt, you know. Um, I feel like that's something that Harley kind of lost sight in because they just, the t-shirts, they're not, some of them are nice, but they're damn expensive too. But I mean, even the $20, $30, um, just whatever Harley shirts, which a lot of times don't have that great a design on them, but they have the town, you know, Austin, Texas, or, you know, Grand Junction, Colorado, or whatever. But I feel like a lot of people kind of stopped doing that because the the shirts cost so much. I feel like they are to build like one kick-ass shirt, you know, um, some kind of design, and then the town on the back, you know, and and sell those at a pretty discounted rate. And I feel like that that would, that, that kind of part of their thing would come back up a little bit, but hey, they're not asking me about marketing. Obviously they got it figured out. Uh, but I do feel like that, that error of people going to do that type of thing is kind of, I know some people still do it with the poker chips, you know, collect poker chips from different places. And then I guess you're supposed to like trade them with people and stuff. I don't know. I've seen a few people doing a few different things with those. so. Maybe that's a thing. To move a little further into the history of it for me, uh, my dad was a motorcycle guy. Uh, my dad's dad got killed when he was very young, 
eight years old, I think my dad was. So he kind of grew up with no dad. And my grandma was like a little, like she would let him have guns to go hunting, but he couldn't have motorcycles or that kind of thing. So when my dad got a little older, he went kind of wild with that kind of stuff. And that's what we were into. We didn't really go hunting, even though I live in the country and could have went hunting. I mean, we did go, obviously. Uh, but that was not our thing. We were into motorcycles, dirt bikes, you know, uh, just anything, anything like that. But, but not really hunting. We were into guns, but we, we just weren't into hunting. And so, uh, my dad, he, he, he was into dirt bikes. He had a couple of road bikes and, uh, his, he always told us kids ever since we were little, he's like, one of these days I'm going to buy me a gold wing and ride it up to Canada and through the Yellowstone and up and then come down the uh, Pacific Coast Highway. And that was something he talked about for years. And, you know, eventually he bought a Goldwing and he went up there and did that. He took like an 18 day trip. Um, and I'm really, really, really glad that he got to do that. That was something, you know, that was bucket list stuff and he, and he did it. Um, the gold wings important my dad was not a harley guy um, he grew up in that era where the amf bikes were out um, i'm not going to go into a whole history on harley but if you're new to that you can check out what that means uh different you know harley basically went bankrupt or was going to and a company offered to buy them out a company that really didn't have anything to do with motorcycles or anything like that um, and they bought the company and had it for a few years those years are known to be pretty undesirable motorcycles and a lot of people just really look down on that whole business transaction however i do not it had to happen or you wouldn't have harley today so i don't really look down on it um i knew a couple harley guys that were very into harleys and you know they said well hey a lot of people won't buy amf bikes but that was 30 something years ago <laughs> if there's one of those bikes out there. It was one of the good ones. Go ahead and buy it. Don't be scared of it, you know, so, which is a good point. So there's a little AMF timeline, but anyway, he grew up in that era. Harley's leaked. Oh, you know, they had, they had some problems and that was really prior to the evolution motor. The evolution motor is an evolution. I mean, it changed Harley. Things got way better after that. So my dad wasn't accustomed to that Harley. He just knew the Harleys before and everything he'd heard about them was horror stories. So he was not a Harley guy. He had no interest in Harley whatsoever. For him, the Japanese bikes were the way to go. And he liked the Goldwing. I mean, it is a, it is a magnificent touring bike. Um, I rode that bike a lot. He rode that bike a ton. Uh, I put some miles on it. It, it, it was fun to ride. Um, it, maybe not the best handling bike or whatever, but I mean, it, if you wanted to make a trip, it, it would do it. Um, so anyway, he had the Goldwing, he did those. Um, and that leading up, when he got the Goldwing and started riding with his buddies, I started getting like, hey, damn, you know, shit, I wouldn't mind having a bike, you know? And so my first thought immediately, Harley, you know, um, because I'd seen all these iconic trademarks, rock and roll shirts, rock and roll videos, tattoos. Hey, what are you going to do? You're going to get a Harley. And so that's what I started looking at. And of course, immediately, you know, he put the cave. He's like, oh, man, you don't want to buy one of those. Those are junk. Blah, blah, blah. So at that time, Yamaha brought out a bike because uh, they've got like this V-Star and stuff that they still have. But I think at that time it was a Roadstar, I'm pretty sure. It was as close to a Harley as anybody had come. And it didn't look exactly like a Harley, but it had a look. And it had a motor in it that with the, the right set of pipes on it, Vance and Hines pipes on it, idling, it sounded pretty damn close to a Harley. Um, when it took off and was accelerating, going through the gears, not really, but idling, it was damn close. 
and you could get in one of those for like nine grand, 10 grand new, brand new, talking brand new. And so I had seen one that a guy had spent quite a bit of money on and fixed up. It was a pretty badass. I think it had air ride on it and all this shit. Anyway, it was a full bike. It was in Louisville at a dealership and it was purple. So I was like, that's what I want. That's what I want to do. If I'm not getting a Harley, I'll take that. So I found one brand new. I was like, hey, I can get this stuff done to it. Put a set of pops on it. This guy wanted like nine grand for it. And I went to the bank and got pretty much, I mean, I was approved, good to go for up to 10. I was just trying to do the guy down. He wanted like $9,500 for it. I was like, if you'll take nine, we'll take it. And so that was cooking. And in the meantime, my friend Rocky had been out trucking and he knew I was in search of a bike. And he shows up one day, he's like, hey man, I bought you something. And he jumps up in his truck and he throws me this cap, Harley Davidson. <laughs> and I'm like, man, Rocky, I, I don't even have a Harley. So he's like, well, I guess you better get one. And that just kind of changed, you know, I, as stupid as that is over a cap but I was just like yeah you know he's right I don't want a goddamn Yamaha I want a goddamn Harley and so I called my dad and I said hey man let's let's just go look at a Harley shop so so he's like all right Saturday let's go so we did went down we went to Lee Woods Harley Davidson which was the big shop at the time I don't know who remembers that place but it was like the place to go they had th tons of bikes we we're out there looking at these things we don't know shit about nothing you know we weren't touching them or doing anything people are just walking up cranking them up right there you know we didn't know you could do that shit and so anyway we left there and it really just fueled the whole Harley shop and the people and the culture it really just fueled it for me it didn't so much my dad but I was just like fired up, ready to go, you know. And so went home and just kind of left it at that. I was still driving a truck at the time, so I went out on the truck for a couple days. And my dad calls me. He's like, hey, man, you're not going to believe this, but this co-worker of mine says his boss got a, got a Harley and we need to go look at it. And he's like, so me and my friend Donnie, which was my dad's like ride or die guy for a little bit, especially motorcycle riding. He's like, we're going we're gonna to ride over there and check this thing out. So they go over there, meet this guy. This guy's just ecstatic that somebody came. And um, I guess he hadn't ridden it in a while. So like he had it out with the charger on it, ready to go. And my dad and them show up and they're looking at it and they're like, hey, take it up the road. And man, my dad, he does not ride other people's shit. He's just like, you know, hey, no, 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 no. And the guy, the guy just went on and on. He's like, hey, look, it hadn't been rode in months. You know, if your son's going to come look at it, somebody else is going to come look at it. It really needs to please take it up the road. Basically begged my dad to ride it. And my dad did ride it. And that's the day that my dad become a Harley guy. That was a 93 Springer Softail Standard. This bike was pristine. It was more... It was like showroom quality. It had 9,000 miles on it, and it was sharp. It was clean as clean as clean as clean as they come. It had a badass paint job on it. Uh, now, when we talk about paint jobs, I'm a Harley guy. I like Harley paint jobs. I especially like that era of tank designs. Um, you look at my Instagram, I'm always, if I see that kind of stuff, I'm always posting it. I always take a picture, like, kind of from the back at an angle. There's a spot I like to look at them from. I love the tanks. I love the stock paint and designs. So, that's something that <clears throat> that's important to know. That, that When I say it had a bad paint job, I'm not talking about a custom paint job that somebody did. I do like those. I, there's places for those. We're talking about Harleys and the brand Harley. So that's what I like. So anyway, he calls me up. He's like, hey, you're not going to believe this bike, blah, blah, blah. You got to come ride it. And, you know, so we did. Negotiated a deal. Ended up buying it. And, man, we, we took a lot of trips. We rode that thing quite a bit. And Dad still had the Goldwing at the time. I could not keep him off that bike. I would come home from working and go there to ride it. It's not in the garage. It's gone. A lot of times I'd jump on his Goldwing and ride over and meet him where he worked. And then we'd switch out again, you know. So, 
so I had that bike. He had to go, and we, we went riding. We met a few other people that were into Harleys. And not too long after I had it, I, I, I don't, I might have had it two years, but I'm going to guess maybe a year. Like I said, we took some trips to Mina, took some short trips, nothing big. But I did ride it a lot in the evenings and just here and there. We Up in my part of the world, there's not a lot of bars to hop to, but we'd hop town to town, basically like bar hopping and, and do that over the evenings and, and ride it around. And then I ended up going through a divorce and that Harley was going to be <laughs> a problem. <laughs> so... I put it out to dad. I was like, hey, I think I probably better sell this bike or it's going to be, you know, it may be time. I'm fixing to have to go through a divorce. And so anyway, he ended up calling uh, one of the, so the, the co-worker was renting a house from the guy that we bought it from. And after we had it for a little while, the co-worker said, hey, if you ever sell my landlord's bike, I'd probably buy it. I mean, that thing's really cool. I should have bought it from him, but I didn't. And now y'all have it. And he's like, I have a little bit of FOMO kicking in. So he's like, hey, if you ever sell it, just let me know. So I told dad, and he's like, well, I'll hit him up. And he ended up buying it. So it ended up going literally to me and then across the street back at the least uh, rent house of the, of the guy that owned it. And so that's where it went. I don't know where it's at now. I have seen some pictures on Instagram of a bike in Texas that very well could be it and I've actually even messaged the dude a little bit I haven't so went so far as like hey man what's the last four of the event you know so I can check it out to see if it's it but it's still out there somewhere and that's where that bike went I got rid of it in that divorce my dad made a couple more trips on that Goldwing and he came back and sold it he bought a 99 Road King Cobalt Blue but let's be honest, it was purple. <laughs> Had a kick-ass tank paint job, tank design, just pretty much stock Road King. And like I said, my dad was a Harley guy then, and he was riding. I went through a couple relationship changes or whatever, and come back, and then I got back into it. And my dad found another Springer, a '91 Springer sitting in a barn i remember him coming home one day he's like i went over to these guys house my dad played music and he's like i was over jamming with these guys that i know a couple towns over from us and he's like man his brother's got a springer just sitting out underneath this barn he was like i'm gonna try to buy it and so he did for a while and couldn't really couldn't really make anything happen and then one day just out of the blue that guy's brother called and he's like hey man you know i got an ewi a couple years ago and I've been just kind of playing the court system. But anyway, it's, I'm going to have to go to court and it's coming due and I'm going to need some money. I'd take, jeez, man, I want to say like seven grand for it. Now, I know a few of you people are going to fall out of your chair when you hear that. 91 Harley Springer not running and you and he wanted seven for it. What is he, crazy? But at that era in time, if you had a Harley and it would start... 10 grand is what it cost to get them. <laughs> I mean, they really held their value. There was, it didn't, it, I mean, it could be a 52 pan head leaking oil, barely running, but if it would start and it said hardly on it, it cost 10 grand. So the, so the seven was damn sure. And, you know, I mean, we were excited to get it for that. We got it. We had to put, you know, it set for a while. We had to do all the gaskets. And if you know about Evolution Motors in, the, in that time, they had like paper gaskets in them. And if they set, they'd just go bad. So we had to pull, you know, we had a guy putting new gaskets in it. We had to put some tires on it. I'm sure we ended up with like eight grand. And I say we, my dad, my dad was doing that. He got it running. We worked on it together. And then that just kind of became my other bike, that Springer. And um, as oddly as it would be, it wasn't as clean because it had set in that barn. I mean, it was under, so it was under a canopy, so it wasn't in the sun, but it was out in the weather. So everything just got dusty and dirty and dingy. And so we got it out, cleaned up, and it cleaned up really nice, but some of the chrome's not, it definitely wasn't show quality like the 93 that I had. But, way better bike. 
I, you know, the mechanic guy we use, he always used the term, it was a Wednesday bike, you know, and if you, I've heard that term come up a lot, it's a Wednesday guitar, it's a Wednesday car, or whatever, you know, everybody's still hung over on Monday, recovering on Tuesday, Wednesday, they're pretty on point, build a pretty solid bike, Thursday, they're leaning towards the weekend, Friday, they just want to get the fuck out of there, so, if you can get something built on Wednesday, it's going to be a good one, and I guess that's a Wednesday bike. It just rides good. It runs good. It's smoother. Um, I know they did a gearing change in 93, which made them go faster, but they lost a little bit of power. That 93, if you had a rider on the back, it was pretty doggy. And so that 91 does not feel like that. Um, it feels much more sportier, powerful, or whatever you want to call that. Anyway, and then out, you know, and this is how I got back into Harley's. You know, I'm back into Harley's, and we were riding again, and some other people got involved, and man, we just, we had a little group there for a while, we, we did some riding. We didn't go far. We were still just jumping. We'd just go here and there. Um, I think I went to some kind of a rally. I think I took Dad's Road King on it. That Road King was an absolute joy to ride, by the way. I kind of skipped over the rookie, but listen, just what a fine product. It was the first year of the fuel injection, which is actually a shitty setup, but that one worked pretty good. I didn't have that much problems with it when it was running right. And uh, only had problems with it later when I let it set too long um, in a phase where I got out of Harley's, which we're going to get to in just a minute. Um, <clears throat> anyway. We're rocking the Road King. We're rocking the old Springer. Having a great time. Everything's going good. I think I probably got a little busier with whatever job I was doing. And we kind of quit riding as much. Um, but still was into Harleys, you know. And into Harleys for me, I like going to Harley shops. I like hanging out there. I like the whole brand. I like the clothes they have. Um, I'm just a really try hard to Harley guy. I know a lot of people try to get away. They're like, they're too expensive. And it is, that's true. But their gear is pretty decent. You know, if you get a leather jacket from Harley, 700 bucks, what they cost nowadays, but it is a pretty damn good jacket. Let's be honest. Some of their t-shirts can be whatever, you know, and I know guys go out there and buy the jeans and the socks and the, they're just way too far gone, Harley guy. But in, in general, that kind of thing, I like cruising down to the Harley shops. I like cruising over here. <clears throat> anyway, so things have slowed down a little bit. We got the Harley, we got the Road King, we're rocking them. And then in 2007, I guess it was, I think my dad probably bought that Road King in 05. And then in, in the later part of 05 into 06, we had acquired that Springer and got it running. And in 07, my dad had a massive heart attack. And we lost that. I still rode, but it kind of wasn't the same, man. We used to go ride, and some of my other buddies that we had those, you know, I talked about the group we had the road. Some of them had got in and out of stuff. They'd sold a bike and, and went to doing something else or whatever. So it's not that I couldn't have found somebody to ride with. You know, Harley people can find Harley people. Uh, but I just kind of got out of it a little bit, and so I let them set for a while. Uh, also, my mom was she was really freaking out about the whole thing and she didn't know whether to keep insurance on them or let them off or what to do with them should we sell them blah, blah. you know there's just a lot of questions going on about it so i just kind of parked them for a while kind of out of this just, just kind of what needed to happen so kind of out of necessity then i got fired up about saw harley at a shop uh, gas station and i'm like god dang you know i got two of those in my barn so i'll go down try to get them going the Road King had a gas issue, took it in, it ended up being a bigger issue, so it took a while to get it going, and I got the Springer going, and I rode it, I kind of fell in love with the Springer again. Then the Road King got ready, and I rode it, and I was kind of back in love with the Road King. And so for a while, I was back riding Harleys for a little bit, you know. And kids were pretty young at the time, and I was riding home one day, not doing really anything wrong it wasn't going fast i don't really ride fast and I'm just cruising and man I, was, I see something on the side of the road kind of move and then i get closer and it's a buzzard 
and I'm like, well, they usually don't, you know, whatever. It'll probably just stay where it's at because I'm so close. Well, just as I get up to it, this buzzer just like takes off and just, I mean, it's really like, I don't even know how to explain it, but it just like swoops up and it came so close that I could feel air move from its wings. And I'm doing like 45 myself with the air from, you know what I mean? Like to be able to feel it and I could smell it, you know, buzzards stink like shit. And I just got this awful smell and this just movement of air by me. And this buzzard goes up like right by my face. Now I didn't hit it. I don't even know that I came, I came close. But I like swerved over and they you know, in the other lane, which was dumb. And luckily, obviously there wasn't anybody coming, but I'm just like, man, like, God dang, like right there, you know, I'm doing 45, minding my own business. And I just nearly had a wreck. And I guess you could call it pussyfied or whatever. I just, I don't know why, but at that time in my life, it just, things just kind of clicked. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, what, what are you, like, you're going to get out here and get killed. And then what, what's going to happen? What are your kids going to do? You know, who's going to feed <laughs> just all this responsibility. Just, and so I just kind of went home and I just kind of parked them. And, you know, for a while I would jump on them, fire them up, run to town. It's like two miles to town. I'd run to town, make a couple laps on the drag, come back, park it, grab the other one, run it up there. But after a while, man, you just, you just get, you know, if you're not into it, into it, you just, you go out there one time and that battery's dead and you put a charger on it for a couple days just got to be a hassle and so i let them set i'm not really sure how long that gap was uh should have done a little more homework on a on a timeline on that but several years goes by and i really don't know what sparked me to get into getting back into Harley's, but somewhere in this whole grand scheme of things, I saw a picture of a Cholo bike, Vikla, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I was just like, damn, I, that is a badass bike. I don't even know why I'm into those. They just look badass. The pipes, fishtails sticking out the back and the ape hangers and I just love them. So, I, man, I mean, it was so, I don't even think Instagram was out, but Facebook or something was out and these pictures started popping up every couple weeks. Just, poof, badass bike, badass bike. And there was this black one that somebody had built, you know, 18 apes, probably single seat, soloed out, you know, the fat fenders, like a heritage, probably fishtails on it. And I just remember screenshotting it and shooting it over to my buddy. It's like one of these days, man, you know, and probably five years went by and we're at this point again, I start getting into Harleys. And so obviously when I get fired up about it, I go down to the barn, pull out the Springer, start messing with it, pull out the Road King, start messing with it. <clears throat> got a bat, got a couple new batteries. And the Road King, it's just, it won't start at all. Another gas problem. The, the tank rusted out in it. And so that's that's a little bit of an ordeal. That particular year tank is different than almost any other tank out there. So you can't just buy any run-of-the-mill tank because there's tanks all over eBay I could have bought, but not for that bike. The way the gas spout comes out and hooks into the EFI, it's an issue. So now we're dealing with that. It had a couple other problems. So I just kind of abandoned the Road King for a minute and went over to the Springer. Um, I don't remember exactly what all I had to do, but I probably ran it over to my buddy Steve. I use this guy named Steve Cycles over at Slidell. Uh, great mechanic. Uh, I don't think he's taking new customers or anything, but that, so don't be looking him up trying to, don't be looking him up and trying to go over there because He's busy and I don't want you, I don't want to be in line behind you. <laughs> He's got enough business. I don't know if he needs business, we'll get him. So, but anyway, so I take it over to Steve's and probably did whatever and got it going. So now we're back on the road riding the Springer and you know, I'm just kind of like going to Harley shops, going here and 
then you know it's just like it's so weird it's like all of a sudden then i'm just seeing badass bikes everywhere you know what i mean like overnight and so i'm in full blown 100 percent harley mode again and i go it was kind of late i was at home and i literally had to go to the restroom like late at night like at midnight or something and i'm just kind of sitting on the pot you know and i was like i wonder what's i wonder what's out on facebook marketplace i'll just you know i'll just search harley's and see what's on there and i put in harley search boom first bike comes up deluxe and i'm just like looking at it and i'm like man this bike has a look to it and it only needs a few things and it could be a cholo or a beat club bike like it could be the bike i sent my buddy the picture of five years ago so i'm just scrolling through the pictures and stuff reading the description low mileage blah 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 and i'm like i think it was listed for like 11 and i was like that seems pretty decent you know and then i was like well you don't even know what harleys are going for you know so i'll start looking at other now i'm now i'm the craigslist slash facebook search guy just looking at bikes you know and I'm like oh, okay and, you know if you do your homework then you've got a idea of where you're going money wise so i uh i keep looking i keep looking and i just it just this bike just keeps popping up you know every time i search it's on there so i was like you know might have to spend three or four grand on this road king getting it going i've got the springer going but i really want one of these bikes i could probably just buy this bike for, for almost cheaper and just ride it and not even mess with the road king or just get it going later or whatever and so i end up calling the dude the dude's like hey man listen i've had it for sale for a while uh i've had a lot of people tire kicking it but nobody's real hot to try it and i was like well i'd like to come look at it um and I did. It was exactly what he said it was in the picture. I left there, told him I'd call him back in a few days, and I just called him up again. And he's like, hey, man, listen, I know it's listed for 11. If you give me nine, it's yours. And I want to say, I told him to give me a couple of days on the bank, and I want to say he even called me back. He's like, hey, man, just do 8,500. But I, I can't remember if I gave 85 or nine, but hey, who cares? Nine's still a good deal. We'll just stick in with nine. And so I go to the bank. Wasn't, you know, I didn't really have any money because I wasn't playing at all about a motorcycle. I was just completely out of the blue, kind of. And, but I went to the bank, got some money, go buy it. It was great, man. I mean, it was just, I was back in the Harley game and it was really on a bike that I'd always wanted. It already had the apes on it. It already had uh, 21 inch front tire, spoke wheels, they were chrome. Um, and it had a Thunderheader on it. On. Now, let's get into Thunderheader mode for a minute. I never had a Thunderheader. That thing kicked ass. I mean, I really didn't even know how kick-ass it was at the time, but that thing is fun to ride. It has these weird dead spots in it, but then when it comes to life, when it starts performing, it's kind of like taking a rip of cocaine. I mean, it's just hardcore there. So I, I just want to put a note in there. The Thunderheader kicked ass. I did take the Thunderheader off and go to the Fishtails because I was going for a look. But as far as performance goes, sound, sounded great, pretty loud, pretty quiet idling, but you can make it get loud. Great pop. Like I said, that's what it had on it. So I brought it home, put some miles on it, and then I started going towards the full customized full customized customization stage and i did that just prior to covid i think i bought that bike in february and so we were rolling around coming into march i guess is when the covid stuff hit so i, I probably took it in like late february early march to a shop and we did 
the first the first deal was to put it on air. That was just I want it on air, front and rear, because I wanted to just slam it and possibly some type of center stand. Obviously, the bikes I were looking at was looking at on Instagram and stuff at the time. A lot of them were lay frame bikes. There's a lot of conf- seems to be a little confusion about what's lay frame and what's center stand. Lay frame is a completely to do lay frame. You've got to change the swing arm. So we're talking, that's a lot more, I mean, we talked about that, but that was a lot more in-depth thing. And it's like, well, I don't really need it to lay frame. You know what I mean? I'm not interested in changing. First of all, I'm not interested in changing my swing arm because I'm a Harley guy and I want, I think the Harley swing arm looks good. I like the way the sprockets fit on there. I like the way the brake puts on, you know what I mean? So I don't need to be changing out a whole swing arm. I'm not saying that people don't make badass ones that look cool. Once again, I like Harley's. I like Harley stuff. So I was never really looking to do that. So the guy we talked about, and the guy's like, hey, well, we could get a center stand. And so he's like, there's one that we've used a little bit, so we're going to use that. So I got a center stand. Uh, man, I'm going completely blank on, blank on the brand. AFK. It's an AFK electric center stand. So we're doing center stand, we're doing an air ride. Okay. Took it in the shop, <laughs> COVID hit, can't get parts. You know what I mean? The guy's like, hey man, you know. So the bike ends up sitting there for, man, two months or something. So as it's sitting there, he's like, hey, I was thinking about, you know, we took it apart and we saw this. Do you want to change? You know, we're just dumping money. You know how it goes. We're just dumping money in this thing. Like it needs this, it needs that. We're, so we're cooking through and I'm looking at all these pictures on Instagram and I see all these. You know, when you go with the 21 front, you get a small white white wall. Uh, and then traditionally on the back, you have the 16 wheel with the big old fat 16 tire with this big fat wide uh, pinstripe. I'm like, all these deluxes are like that. But every once in a while, you run across one on Instagram that doesn't look like that. They match, the, the white walls match. And so I call this dude up and I'm like, hey man, I don't know what's going on, but I'm gonna send you a picture. I want my bike to look like this. So I send him a picture. He's like, oh yeah, okay. Well, hey, you've got to change your back wheel to an 18, which makes the tire smaller, which makes the white wall smaller. And you got to order this certain kind of tire, you know, that, that has a smaller white wall on it. You can't really match the front and the rear. I like to, I'm a brand guy. If I go with something, I like to run the same, but it's, to get that look, it's not really possible. So we talked about all that and he's like, yeah, well, he goes, you need to get an 18 rear tire. And he was trying to get me to powder coat the wheels I had anyway, because he does powder coating. And I said, well, okay, maybe we, maybe I'm down to do that. And he goes, well, hey, if we're going to, if we're going to do, if, if we're going to do that, won't you let me sell your wheels and tires? I know a guy looking for a set, chrome spoke. Your tires are pretty decent on the front. Needs a rear tire. Why don't you buy a set of tires, put them on this wheels. I'll sell your wheels and tires, and then we'll get you a set of brand new wheels and tires. A whole shoot match. We'll get brand new wheels in, and we'll powder coat. Cool, done. You know, and he wanted to do them like black with some of the spoke. Uh, I, I wanted to do them black. Sorry, I wanted to do them black, but he wanted to do them black and leave either the hub chrome or the little uh, part of the spokes chrome or a little bit. And I said, no, I said, I don't know why, man. I've got this feeling. I've seen some pictures. I want to go black, all black. So, and the, and the box, I mean, you can go look at Instagram. There's tons of pictures. I don't need to go on about the bike, but I was like, I feel like that's the move on this thing. And so then it took like four weeks to get the wheels. I mean, one of the wheels came in, but the back wheel, actually the first back wheel that was ordered to my knowledge today is still in Dallas UPS somewhere it's just lost nobody ever found it the wheel company ended up sending a whole nother wheel finally got a powder go to put it together it took me like I bet it was three months before all this was done box finally done got it out I'm really happy with the way the bike turned out. We've had a couple of issues. Um, 
I've had a lot of issues with the air ride. Um, and there's a lot of variables involved in that. We're not going to go into all that. Just know it's, it's all, that's all water under the bridge. We're past that. Um, but the bike's done. Take it out, ride it. Made a few runs on it. And then, you know, I met the guys in the Fast Life uh, podcast. I, you know, they, they were always talking about this bike night, so I just jump on this thing and rip down there. I had no idea that I was going to, even though it was called T-Bar Tuesdays, I didn't even know T-Bars were a thing. So I jump on this thing and rub best off down there, you know, like, oh, man, I'm gonna, everybody's going to think I got the baddest bike. You know what I mean? You know, like people do, you know, kick ass, you know. And I get down there and nobody could even care less about this bike. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, some people were like, hey, nice bike, but I mean, there just wasn't the movement. Anyway, but I met those guys. And they were like, hey, you should, you should come to Sturgis. And I'm like, I can't go to, you know what I mean? Of course, I got a hundred excuses why I couldn't go. But the job I had at the time driving the bus was, was actually a little bit slow because of COVID. And so then, you know, it's kind of like, well, why couldn't you go to Sturgis, you know? And so then I came back to another back now and I'm like, hey, what does it take to go to Sturgis, you know? And then those dudes were really cool, man. And they really gave me a real idea of what it would be like to go to Sturgis on a budget. And I had a little bit of money and kind of put up. And I was like, hey, I could, I could probably make that happen. And I'm going to be off. So so I did it. I busted up to Sturgis on the Deluxe. It was one of the best things I've ever done and one of the worst things I've ever done. Uh, riding a Deluxe to Sturgis with 18-inch ape hangers is not a hundred it's not super desirable after you get started on it first of all you can't pack shit um you know i've already talked to you about the tent issue wouldn't fold i had a badass tent but it wouldn't fold up so anyway made the trip got up there had a great time uh once i got up there i had some air ride issues which was a whole nother fiasco but like we've talked about here before that trip was epic because of some of those things you know because it was broke down so i rode in on saturday i rode in on friday night we partied friday night we partied saturday night and then sunday morning was the first morning i like went to crank my bike up and was like hey i'm gonna get out of here uh, and do some riding and that's when i figured out that i had a problem with the air ride and so then it was Sunday was just pretty much walking around. I walked I walked from the Days Inn campground into Sturgis probably three times. Uh, I had no idea that there was a shuttle. I had no idea I could have got a ride. <laughs> and uh, I was just searching for parts to just half-ass put this thing together. And every idea I came up with seemed to just not work. So finally one of my other buddies randy was coming into town on monday i asked him if he'd come get me he brought his pickup and trailer over and grabbed me took me to uh black hills harley where all the vendors were and i found some people there that could patch it together to get me through the weekend and then i actually hauled it home and rode that guy's bike back the street glide he had a street glide and i rode it back home so now now I'm kind of, I was like, man, this, you know, now I've got a little time on a street glide. Um, you know, jumping back a little bit, I had had the opportunity, I've had the opportunity to ride a deuce a lot, um, a really nice deuce with their ride on it. Um, I've had, I've rode a lot of Dinas, Dyna Wide Glides, I've had to, got to spend a lot of time on a Dyna, buddy of mine had a Fat Boy. Uh, I, I've got to ride a lot of bikes, so I'm not, I know kind of what they, but I had never really went bagger-ish yet until the street glide, and that was a pretty enjoyable ride home from Sturgis. Uh, got the bike back, went through some things, and the more that I started to ride and go into these bike nights with these Fast Life guys, I just started leaning to, you know, and then I started, you know, I started taking the Springer down to Dallas. Um, but then I got down there and I had a couple problems. You know, the stator went out on it or the charging system went bad one time. 
Um, so, you know, it's like, I've got this 30-year-old bike that's cool, but it's not really cool to these guys. It's cool to vintage Harley guys. You can pull up to Harley shop, it's cool. And the Deluxe is cool when you ride up and tear it down. And, you know, I wanted to take the Deluxe to all these shows, but all the shows died with COVID. So it's what I really built it for is to show it off. And it's, I don't really get to do that a lot. And even when I do, it's not cool at some of the places I'm at. <laughs> so I don't have any desire to sell any of the bikes really, but it's just the more I kept moving around with this group of guys and the more I wanted to hang out with them, the more my bikes just didn't fit the scene. And it wasn't that I wasn't into T-bar bikes. I had started to get, I had started looking at those kind of bikes on Instagram. And you know, when you get into them, you just kind of start having this, I don't, you start to see them different. Well, like when I first saw them and some of them, I'm like, well, man, they're like jacking these bikes up and they're cutting the fenders down. And it's like, this is kind of like everything. This is kind of the whole nother direction from where I'm going. I want shit slammed on air. And then I just figured out, hey, you could just have a few different bikes, you know? So I kind of started flirting with the idea of getting a T-bar bike, like a Dyna or something a few years older. And then the more trips I made and places I went, I started seeing how my stuff was just a little bit unreliable. And I started leaning towards, well, hey, maybe we should be really nice to move into a new bike, you know, a newer, a newer platform, a lot newer bike. And so then to move like a lot ahead, the Fast Life Campout came out, which is up in Oklahoma. And you do riding from there over to Mina. And so I decided that it would be a good idea for me to go to that. It would be fun a great way to get to know the guys better it was a close ride it was something i could take off and do and so <clears throat> i made my mind up i was doing that obviously the deluxe is not the bike to take there so i went on the springer now my springer is a great bike it it really is a great bike it perform i very seldom has it ever let me down it rides great it runs decent for what it is it's solid. But at the Fast Life camp out, these guys ride pretty fast. <laughs> and uh, it's not a hundred mile an hour all day bike. I mean, you could, it'll do a hundred, but it's not a hundred mile an hour bike. So I'm up there all weekend, just basically chasing my tail, trying to keep up with people. And that's when I really realized, hey, you, if you're going to do this traveling and you're going to run with these boys, you're going to have to step it up a little bit. So that's when I really made up my mind that I was taking the next step and going into a bike. Now, I thought I wanted the brand new Softail S, Lowrider S. That's a pretty kick-ass looking bike to me. And with the fairing on it, there's a couple guys, uh, Marcus, and then there's another guy that has a bike that Marcus built that has the FXR fairing on it. Um, I really like the way those look. There was a few dudes that had one. There's another dude in the in the what I'd call the Fast Life crew that had one too. Um, so those three bikes were like doing it for me. And you know. A soft toe S is not, low rider S is not crazy money. So I'll, I was leaning towards it a little bit. That's what I thought I wanted to buy. And I just kept flirting with the idea. And I had a little insecurity on my job. So I just kept like not pushing, you know, like I wanted to buy one and I probably had enough credit to buy one, but I didn't really know what I was going to do with my job. I didn't really know what was going to work or not work. So I was just holding back, looking at bikes and, Anyway, when I got this job kind of nailed down and I started making some pretty decent money, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna jump in there and pull the trigger. So I went one day and I told this guy, uh, Danny at Corinth, who I've been friends with for years. Um, when I was first looking at Harley's, he had a super badass fat boy, like back in like 1996. I mean, back when, whenever the 
Arnold Schwarzenegger movie was out where he was riding everybody was into fat boys this guy Danny he had a kick ass fat boy I mean he had all the right all the right parts all the right stance and uh, so I've known Danny since from from then and we've just kind of ran into each other over the years at different places that he worked and he ended up at Corinth which is the closest Harley dealership for me and I always thought I would buy a bike from him so I went down there one day kind of late um, pulled in talked to him for a minute and I was like hey man I need to ride a little rider s he's like cool we got this he goes we got a used one out front I was fixing to put it in the building fixing to crank it up literally so just go crank it up you can take it and uh, it had pretty low mileage on it. He goes, I know it's not a new bike, but it's it's as close as you can get, you know. And so I took it out. That Lowrider S is a fun, kick-ass running bike. You can just tell it wants to go. And this one was stock stock. With a little bit of shit, I, I guarantee you, man, those rip. But I just... I'm a, for me, it felt a little cramped up, you know, and the whole T-bar vibe of mid controls and everything. I was like, I don't, I, I don't like the mid controls for me. I kind of felt like they needed to be forward a little bit. So now I'm going to move, you know, why don't you just go by a soft, you know, I don't know. It just wasn't, it just didn't feel good. There was a lot of other bikes I could have bought that would have had forward controls and that's just going kind of the wrong, wrong direction. And then I do like the street glides and I could have bought an ultra, um, special or I don't even know what they are, but they have the stripped down version of the ultra, uh, ultra glide standard. I think maybe is what it is or electric, electric glide standard. Um, I could have bought that, which is basically just a street guide stripped down, um, I could have got into one of those pretty cheap, honestly. Uh, but the T-bars on the street glide setup is a little bit weird. Uh, I know people are doing it, and I've seen a lot more of them now. So it's, it's something that can be done. But it just, to me, the, the road glide had a little more better look when you do the T-bars. So I started looking at, and I was my plan was to do the T-bars. So I started looking at the road glide took one out and that was pretty much it man that those things ride really good and that's what set the hook and unfortunately at the time Corinth Harley Davidson with Danny which is where I thought I would always buy a bike just didn't have a lot of bikes you know the the COVID they didn't have any used bikes I wasn't looking to buy new in a road glide I'm just not quite that financially strong um definitely not strong enough to get into a CBO version so I started looking around and this bike popped up same thing again late at night looking through the deal boom bike pops up uh, Bedford white uh, and I like white so a couple weeks went by and I had a day off I got off unexpectedly early we had a we were out on the bus and we had a Saturday gig that got rained out and we came home and I just went over there and I was like hey I'll look at this white bike and they're like well some people are actually trying to buy it but it's parked over here and they took me over to look at it the rest is pretty much history they were ready to make a deal ready to will and deal and uh, we talked about some options uh, obviously once again I didn't really have any money saved up to put down on it or anything so we had to do had to finagle some numbers a little bit but I talked to them about financing it and working out a deal to get some t-bars put on it right there and uh, to, move, to move into that a little bit, that's why I went with the setup I did. Uh, to be honest with you, I wished I'd have got some stuff from Justin, my machinist, just because he's an absolutely fucking rad dude. Um, and I would love to support him. But at the time, it was easy. They already had some of the parts, and parts were hard to get. And they weren't, they, they, they were, it would be really hard for them to get his parts. Uh, worked out so they were like hey we are you know we want to do these and we can finance some of them in the deal and so I ended up going with the Krauss T-bars um, anyway and that's that's how we got into the Road King so 
currently I have the 91 Springer still uh, I have the deluxe Cholo or Vicla bike which at this point I got I got the back fender Marcus stretched the back fender for me um, Marcus over at Linear Automotive they do really good work so go check them out um, he stretched the back fender for me and did some lighting changes and license plate changes and really the deluxe at this point is basically other than some air ride issues that I still need to get buttoned up it's basically 100% done you know I had 36 fishtails on it which looked really long with the stock fender. Since I extended the fender, they look a little short. I, I need to go to 39s to get the appropriate, perfect look stance. But the 36s drag a lot, man. And going 39s, I mean, it's, I, I don't know how those dudes ride them with the 42s in California. They're cooler than me. Um, mine drag all over the damn place. So uh, I don't really want to go to 39s, but it would affect the look. And to be honest with you, the 18-inch apron hangers for me is a little much. Um, it definitely gets that wow look in a parking lot, but riding it is a little bit brutal. Um, I would definitely, if I had a shit ton of money, I would definitely drop those down. Definitely to 16s, if not even down to 14s. But if I did all that, I want to go internal and change. It's just, it's a big deal to do that. Um, a lot of money. And it, you know, it's kind of dumb to spend that kind of money on something that's, that's, it's not dumb to spend money on cosmetic stuff because it makes a big difference. But that particular thing, I mean, there's, there's no reason to do it for that. And so I'm calling it done for the moment. Like I said, I may change those fishtails out, but, uh, and then we got the Road Glide, 2018 Road Glide. I took it to Sturgis, um, God, that trip's so much easier on that bike. Um, you can go check out my Instagram at Joe Eldridge. Uh, you know, there's tons of pictures of these bikes on there. And you can hit me up with any questions you have about there. But that's pretty much my history of Harley. And like I said, I'm... I'm a Harley guy, man. I'm a Harley brand guy. I still, I still like going to the Harley shops. I think they're an iconic brand and I know that they're having to do some changes and going through some stuff to, to try to stay in business um, sometimes I think they're kind of overthinking it a little bit and it could be much much simpler but overall I love Harley's I love the Harley brand and that's kind of my history of how I got into Harley's and how I feel about Harley's uh, Like I said, you can hit me up on Instagram. Any questions you have, uh, at Joe Elders. To finish off the podcast part of it, there is an Instagram page for the 40 Proof Podcast. Um, I haven't posted a lot on it. We, there, there's, there's one specific reason. I don't want to get into it, but there's one specific reason I haven't done that. Um, and it's really simple. I, I, I will get into it. I don't have any artwork done for it. I really want a cover photo for that page and I'm working on that a little bit and so until I have that logo I'm not really gonna push it a whole lot because I want people to go to that and see that logo like boom that's 40 proof podcast is this picture and so that's what it'll be um, then I'll really start pushing it. I haven't really advertised that I have this podcast to anybody. There's only a few listens to it. I don't really have an audience. Um, but now that we're five episodes in, this is kind of where I wanted to be. Um, I'm going to probably start pushing it, putting it out there a little bit that I did record it or have done these episodes, I mean. And hopefully kind of build on it a little bit but for the meantime if you hit me up at at joe eldridge if you want to talk harleys we can damn sure do it uh, i'll answer any questions about anything that i can and as we move forward we'll get us a page 
we'll work on the page of the 40 proof podcast and uh, get it get it rolling a little bit better Thank you.